customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me tonight is my good friend Nate Tice. Nate, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. You know, there, there's a line that, like, especially when guys get hurt or kind of like you might miss a couple days with like an ankle injury, that it's it takes two weeks to get back in shape and two two days <laughs> and two days to get out of it. I believe it because now I'm like, all right, this, we're hitting week two, so it's like, all right, I'm getting my sea legs back under me. And uh, today went a little better than last week watching the games. Today was a lot in several different ways. One, the Justin Fields experience, which we will get to a little bit later in the show. I wasn't emotionally prepared for that to happen today, for me to have to wade into the Justin Fields era, but it did happen. Second of all, starting at about 4 p.m. Eastern today, just all hell broke loose. (laughs) I mean, the second half of those late slate games... There seems to be a touchdown every two seconds, an inexplicable play for both good and bad reasons that started in the second half of those games and just went all through the Sunday night game. It was a nonstop thrill ride starting at about three thirty, probably about four thirty my time, probably about halftime of those games. So. That's what we're going to start with. For the first 15 today, we're going to get into all of the craziness that happened starting in the afternoon slate and going all the way through the end of Sunday night. I don't even know where you want to start. I guess we have to start with the Sunday night game. I mean, it seemed like the Ravens were dead in the water at one point in the second half. They were down by 11. It just felt like they didn't have it, which wouldn't be surprising, right? Their defense was so banged up. They're playing against the Chiefs. It's like, all right, you know, maybe this isn't the Ravens night. Maybe this isn't the Ravens year. And then somehow, some way, Lamar puts up about 380 total yards, has over 100 on the ground, 
they make enough plays on defense and somehow the Ravens are one and one and I really don't know what to make of it. We we were texting, you know, we always text before the show. I usually prep for the during the Sunday night game. I think I had my head down watching another game and just going through the condensed game, all that stuff. And all of a sudden I looked back up and I was like, the Ravens were in it. Like my emotions yeah. were ready to like reset because I've already kind of gone like, hey, the Ravens are, they're smart. They know it's a long season. So, okay, if they lose, hey, we'll reconfigure some stuff. Things aren't going great. And I think a couple other guys got hurt today. So it's like, all of a sudden I look back up and it's like Lamar's doing a flip into the end zone. And it's like, oh, well, they're okay. I guess the Ravens are still in it. They, they didn't care that they don't have any running backs. They're just like, we have Lamar, which is just you. Use him every single snap of the ball. Why not? Because if he looks like that, it looks great. I mean, obviously, in the second half, they leaned on him as a runner in a huge way, taking advantage of a banged up Chiefs linebacker group. I mean, you have backup linebackers in there. You have young linebackers in there. And it was a problem. So Lamar and just everything they do, a lot of trap plays, a lot of counters, a lot of moving pieces, tons of eye candy and Lamar Jackson running the ball. And that was enough for the Ravens to sustain to sustain offense combined with just a few scattered jump passes and one just like RPO slant to Marquise Brown and just cobbling together offense in a way that we've gotten used to with the Ravens. And even if it doesn't represent any sort of evolution from what we want to see from them, sometimes Lamar Jackson is just enough. Sometimes yeah. what he is and everything that comes in that package is just enough. And that's exactly what tonight ended up being. It's one of those where you go, oh, yeah, he won the MVP two years ago. Yes. <laughs> and, like, yeah. It was a super young age. And like we were all just enthralled about what he could do. And it's like he can take over any game. I mean, any possible game. And especially this going into this game and privately, I I, I had a, maybe a player prop on Lamar's over rushing yards is that <laughs> against, against a, a heavy pressure team like this, like the Chiefs, is that their backs are going to be turned because they're just trying to wall off, wall off inside out with the defenders trying to cover everybody. So when that happens, Lamar is going to have so many running lanes. It's it's the aggression rather than attacking downfield with the throw. It's attacking with his legs and really taking advantage of how aggressive the defense is going to be. But it, like just. Everything they did, even going for it on fourth down, it was just like they put the game. You could feel like it was like the Ravens really that everybody wants every NFL game. But like this one was just like you could tell this was like a real passion game for him, like a real kind of franchise game for him, which is so cool. And then on the other side, like the Chiefs are the Chiefs. It's, they're going to be in so many of these games. Every, when you got that kind of target on your back, like them and the Bucks are going to have, everyone's going to bring their best. And and every everybody's going to treat your game like a Super Bowl. It's like Alabama playing in the SEC, you know. And so that's just that's just the deal. We're going to just see so many of these games that are just like that. And it's fun. It's fun seeing fireworks, fun seeing haymakers getting thrown and crazy plays and, and stars being stars like Lamar and Mahomes. I love the moment at the end where yeah. you can just, I, it was cool seeing it live. Cause I noticed it live when they flashed to Harbaugh on the sideline and you can just see him saying, Lamar, do you want to go for this? And we didn't see Lamar's reaction. Obviously, I think he's told Michelle Tafoya, <laughs> I said, hell yes, I want to go for it. And that was enough. And it was similar to that play against Seattle a couple of years ago that became famous where you have Harbaugh asking his quarterback what he wants to do. Lamar saying, hell yeah, we're going for it. Why the hell wouldn't we go for it? They pick it up. They win the game. And, you know, I think that this team has a, a tough road. With all of the injuries they've had to deal with and with all the injuries they're going to continue to deal with, it's going to be difficult for them to keep pace in the AFC. But let's say you know they can get a couple of these where 
Lamar is enough and they make enough plays on defense and they get a little bit healthier, you know, that's the hope is that you can hang on long enough where if we can just get right by the end of the season, if there's a better version of us down the road, can we sneak into the playoffs? I think that has to be what the Ravens are shooting for. That's exactly it. They're they're just trying to be feisty enough on defense, and they, I mean they had the talent to do it. Uh, Justin Matabuke, hey hey, had a, had a nice <laughs> little standout game, and uh, yeah, good old Mama Duke, he came up. But it's just those like going for it on fourth and one. Ben Baldwin's got the you know go for it kind of uh, Ben Baldwin bot uh, <laughs> that uh, on Twitter that you can see, and it was just an eighteen percent advantage like win probability to go for it right there. And when you are going to try and win this way, win this way, like we, you just said, like probably having a really feisty defense and then Lamar being Lamar, hopefully a role player like a Sammy Watkins or somebody else steps up. Marquise Brown tonight did a couple of nice things, um, but hopefully one of those guys steps up. But you need these types of plays going for uh, going for two a whole bunch of times, creating extra chances like the Eagles on their Super Bowl run. That's how you create those extra chances is just being super aggressive and, and just leaving it up saying like, hey. We might get stopped a couple times, like those two two pointers they had. But if we go for on a fourth down, we're good enough. Lamar's good enough. We have enough plays that we can create more chances and create our own luck and just maybe take every sort of advantage they could possibly have going with it. And uh, you saw it tonight. All right, let's get into those afternoon games. I got. I don't really know where you want to start here. Let's start with the Cowboys and the Chargers. Good. I, just the Chargers, another heartbreaker. I mean, just like an absolute heartbreaker, 99 yards of penalties, missed field goals, two touchdowns called back. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm starting to get a little bit concerned about the early down efficiency. If you look at the numbers and they still struggled so much on early downs, the early down rushing 41% success rate on early down carries. They're just getting in third and long way too often and asking their quarterback to make God level plays. Of which he made a couple today, by the way. <laughs> the whole shot down the right sideline is, I just don't, Wait. I can't, I sat there and thought about it, like really thought about it for like five minutes after it happened. Like it's no. one of the most ridiculous throws I can remember. That throw 25 yards down the sideline is an impressive play, yeah. let alone 50 yards in the air across the field. Like, I just don't even – the DBs probably thought it was dead. There's no way they thought that ball was coming to that spot. Yeah, that's the thing. They have landmarks too. So they're like, oh, I'm good. I can start trailing a little bit. Come stop. Maybe there's something behind me that I have to check out. I mean, you knew it was a good throw. Not even just me and you freaking out. But when to- the noise Tony Romo made when it <laughs> happened, he was, he was like, oh. Like, because it was just such a good throw. And I mean, the one before he uh, – I think you tweeted it too. Like the the one right before that when he was oh, yeah. and he threw back or, or he was scrambled drilling and he threw back. And it was just Na- – I mean, Naturally, it was called back. Yeah. Of course. That's just how it goes. I don't – even when the whole shot hit, I was just like, oh, something, something bad had to happen. Like maybe, you know, it was an illegal formation or some sort. But that's that's it's such a great point about the early down efficiency. That was actually one of my my notes is kind of just the negative side is as much as I like Austin Eckler and as much as I like kind of what the Chargers are trying to do with their receivers and everything as far as being an 11 personnel and formationally is I think some of the run game gets kind of limited, just Eckler being a lighter body, more of a uh, awesome yeah. scat back type, and which is great in some some cases, the choice routes and everything underneath. But in other cases where you just kind of need that three yards in a cloud of dust, it's like he's not just the best for that. And it's it's fine. Like you can get around that, but it just – it limits you. It really does. Uh, but I, I mean just – it was a great performance by, I mean, Herbert just does some of that stuff. Oh, by the way, all those now throws and, and, and smokes like a now throws like a no step slant or a one step slant. 
oh my god saints offense 101 like he hit the the smoke to mike williams for a touchdown which is the best thing ever it's just just pitch it out there like charlie weiss everyone thought was an offensive genius at notre dame because they just did that to jeff samarja over and over and over and he was just like take a smoke route like 30 yards for a touchdown but it's 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 the best you just oh the read is the simplest thing ever is the corner off yeah all right, fling it out there. And I was wondering, is that like is that an RPO? Is like that's a called run, and he just throws so it out there. It is. It's now what we call an RPO. So the, in my head, bubbles, uh, flats, a smoke, or a now throw to me is called a packaged play. Mixer, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a, yeah. it's an advantage throw. But if you call it an RPO, I would not like you know it wouldn't bad. Well, that was, same concept. The Packers were running those a ton of those like before we were talking about RPOs in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, that yeah, was exactly. before that term become popular. That's exactly how we refer oh, yeah. to it. Favre's throwing those nows all the time, and everyone yeah. now everyone, everyone's like, "Oh my god, look at that RPO!" It's like Favre was doing that in like 05 to Donald Driver on accident, like it's just because he made stuff up. It, we could easily make jokes about the cursed Chargers team and everything that went wrong today, and all those little tiny things. I, I think today was a reminder that for as exciting as the Chargers are in some capacities, this is still a team that has a little bit of a ways to go. And beyond their first down efficiency, and I think missing Brian Balaga, I think you saw some of the issues that having Storm Norton in there presents. I when I when that happened last week, Storm Norton is just like the perfect name for a swing tackle. By I, the way. I just chuck I just chuckled when you said the name. I was like, Storm that's Norton such a creative, yeah, Madden generated name. When that happened last week, and Bulaga was went down, which at this point, unfortunately, you can probably predict. Right, he's had a lot of trouble staying on the field. I was wondering. If they might be better served to move Matt Filer to right tackle and put Brendan Hymas or whoever one of their backup interior alignment is, typically, I hate that. Typically, that's the last thing I would want a team to do is to start moving pieces around. But when you have a guy who's proven to be a capable tackle and you have pieces and of interior line depth, and Hymas is a rookie and a fifth round pick, and I understand that, but he looked okay in the preseason. It almost feels like their best five might include Matt Filer at right tackle. They didn't end up doing that. I think it hurt them at times today, but I think you're starting to see some of the cracks. Like They'll be okay in the long run. They're exciting. They have a little bit of a ways to go. The other element of that that I thought about, their run defense, you could see some of the issues today. Jerry yes. Tillery on that side was just getting blown off the ball consistently zach martin is a hall of fame player like that's that's going to happen every once in a while (laughs) but this type of defense and the way that they want to play you need guys that can eat up blocks up front and they only had one off season to kind of reshape and think about what they wanted this front to be like and that was one of the questions coming in do they have the bodies to play like this in the front today they struggled and i think one of the reasons that they struggled is the Cowboys started giving the ball to their best running back. Tony I Pollard. mean, Tony Pollard, <laughs> that element of their offense and that ability when they're going to take away big plays, what do we have? You saw the answer today. Like They could run the ball on this team. They did it efficiently. Pollard had 109 yards on 13 carries. He has a lot of juice whenever they hand him the ball. They have elements and packages where he's on the field with Zeke. I mean, I just think that this was another example today, like last week when they lost to the Bucks, of their offense just being able to find stuff when they need to find stuff. And I have faith that they're going to be able to get there. It's a long season. This wasn't the most impressive performance ever. You scored 20 points. But I really do have a lot of belief in what this offense can be over the course of the year. And their defense just needs to make a couple plays here and there. Trayvon Diggs looks like a real, real player. He yeah. was on. Yeah, he was nice in our game. list for breakout players possibly this year. And if he's going to do that 
and Micah Parsons is going to give them something with Demarcus Lawrence out in an NFC East where Washington's defense isn't playing very well. Who knows what Philly is? I still think that this Cowboys team and what they have on offense gives them the best chance in that division. Completely agree. Just the usage of personnel right in the first drive. It was kind of fun. Like us talking about the Friday show. And yeah. it was like, oh, the two things we noticed were 12 personnel and pony personnel. And it was like the first drive was just 12 and pony, like just over and over and over. And I was like, yeah, there we go. But it it was great. I mean, I loved that after last week doing the kind of side to side dink and dunk to replace the run game. They kind of attacked they attacked the Chargers defense in a completely different manner. And exactly. That's, that's what a good offense does, even if you only score 20 points. And real quick with the Charger stuff is that was our concern too, was that it was Joey Bosa and the Bosats up front. And that yeah. was just, that was it. And it's also a side, like it's such a great point. You're talking about the lighter boxes and the bodies needed up front going from that kind of quote unquote Seattle system where it's ears pinned back and go. And you're more, and that's like, exactly hey, what Tillery was in coming out, right? He was a Correct. penetrator. And when you got yes. all those guys, that transition yep. can be difficult. You need more of the brawler, brawler types that could just really muck it up and stuff. But uh, yeah, but speaking of the Cowboys offense, which is, it was so cool just seeing the mix and the matching of personnels and formations they were using. And, and I mean, they had CD in the backfield and like zero or one, yeah. oh, one, oh, one personnel, which is awesome. Like rip it off 12 yard runs on first down. It was, I know, I know. It was just the cool stuff. And the CD, like the little Hail Mary, they almost scored a little option pitch. There was like, like a rugby play. I mean, all this stuff. I, it, it was just really, it, it was one of those games where everything else that happened with the Cowboys made me feel better about them. And it wasn't like a, a hard loss for the Chargers in the sense where it was like, oh man, they can't win a game. Wow, we got way too ahead of ourselves. It was more like, hey, they hung with them. Cowboys offense is not easy to hang with. And they, and they did. They, uh, Sante Samuel had a great game. And, uh, but I, I just really, really liked just what the Cowboys have done these last two games and what Kellen Moore has really shown. Like he's, he's doing some creative stuff and Dak is executing it like to perfection right now. He had a couple blemishes today, but he still had some great, great throws and great, just his eyes are just so amazing. And I can't wait to watch that stuff on film. Vikings Cardinals. We're in the <laughs> running here for craziest week game of the weekend. I mean, this game had everything. This game was a Stefan sketch. I mean, it had yeah. <laughs> Nick Nick Vigil touchdowns, spin around touchdowns, Kyler 14 yards in the backfield, throwing up balls against cover zero. I mean, yeah. it, it was – I don't even know what to make of this game. I mean, I'm going to have to go back and watch to kind of get some nuance as to what actually happened and how we arrived at this final score. I saw the big plays, obviously, but it's still – I have no idea what the Cardinals are. Like last week, they're shutting down Derrick Henry. This week, they're getting gashed on the ground for half the game by Dalvin Cook. I mean, Kyler finished 29 of 36 for 400 yards today. But I still don't know if the Cardinals passing game is good. (laughs) There are so many plays where it's just, hey, let's roll the ball out and let's our guys are just better than your guys. It's so funny. That seems to be their plan offensively. It's Mm -hmm. like, all right. Our quarterback is immensely talented in a way that no one else is. Good luck planning for all the stuff he can do. Every single one of those short completions that we've seen in this offense over the last two years look a shitload better going to Rondale Moore than they did going to Larry <laughs> Fitzgerald. I mean, that that play before the half where Prater yeah. kicked the 62-yard field goal. They threw the ball to Rondell Moore. He caught it at his own 38-yard line, essentially on the hash, and then went up the sideline, cut back inside, (laughs) cut back outside, and managed to get out of bounds on the other, on the minor of the plus 38 with Mm -hmm. two seconds left. 
Everything about that play should not have worked, but he's making that stuff happen. It just, they sometimes, even if we don't love the schematics of it all, the one play that sticks out to me, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. They hit a RPO where they faked the bubble and then they threw the slant back to DeAndre Hopkins. Josh Jones, the right tackle, was five yards downfield. He's like, I, I said that to somebody. I can't believe you just said that. I took a screen grab of that. I go, he's like six yards upfield. He looks, he looks like a like a receiver sitting there, like at the hash. It's ridiculous. And so there aren't that many plays where it's just like, oh, that was cool. Like uh, that, that's really making the game easy on their guys. But when you have these players that are just explosive plays waiting to happen. That's what ended up going down. I mean, Car- the way that Kyler's playing, we'll get to him in a little bit. I mean, there is nobody more exciting over over the first two weeks of the NFL than the way that Kyler Murray has played. But other yeah. than that, it's like I don't, I really don't know what to make of this team. Like I think that over the course of the season, we're going to have a much better understanding of what they are. Right now, that is incredibly murky to me. It still is. I know it. Nothing's really changed that much. Like just that their protections no. are a little more sound with Roddy Hudson. And I, I, that's like, that's it. Like you watch this stuff and even just the Vikings were just sitting in the hook areas, just waiting. Like that's where the pick six happened. Or it was just that the, the, all the linebackers and safeties were just ready for them to attack that seven to 12 yard area by the, by the, by the hashes. Cause that's how much they just throw to that, throw to that, throw to that. And they're squatting on stuff. Kyler had a completion percentage over expected of 14.6 today. That's insane. Ninety. That's all you need to know. That's a perfect distillation of what he did today. It's I know it's because nothing, nothing was really, they don't make anything easy for him. No. Like it's like some, some stuff's great where it's like the guy is wide open. It's like, Oh, that, that whiteboard play looked great on actually on the field. But there are so many of those that you could just tell the one a that they had circled starred. That's going to be wide open when they practice it all week is not wide open. And then Kyler just goes, ah, fuck it. <laughs> it just starts and breaks contain. It just, if he plays like this, he does it for 17 weeks, 18 weeks. Yeah, go for it. It's awesome. But it's, kind of more of the same which is still fun to watch though just think about all his big plays the first yeah. touchdown was third and ten he spun around in the pocket he literally spun all the way around had to escape and then threw the ball to a sliding deandre hopkins in the back corner yep. of the end zone his rushing touchdown is just him taking off after that crazy rondale moore fumble that wasn't a yep. fumble like that yeah. again this game had everything <laughs> and i mean just, and then the fourth and five play is a truly insane play yeah. Like if you, I took a picture of it. I thought it was a touchdown, but it was just a game-winning play. Like that game, that play sealed the game. Him making mm-hmm. that throw. They have two guys in the A gap. It's Harrison Smith and Eric Hendricks lined up in the A gap. They do not have enough people to block them. He knows this. At the snap, he starts backpedaling as fast as he can backpedal and just throws the ball off of his back foot. If you look at the still image of that, he is 14 yards from the line of scrimmage when that ball leaves his hand. And it's a completion and it seals the game for them. And it's yeah. just, that's just you, him. That's just the quarterback the, making a play. The fact that you could see the Vikings dialing it up. And then as soon as Kyler caught it and he started backing up and it's like, we've seen this before now. He keeps doing this week after week after week after week. He, you know, we, we talk about how like, uh, uh, like some defenses make, make the quarterback and offense coordinator always have to be right. They're like, saying, yes. Hey, your protection has to be right. Kyler does that for defense coordinators. How good can you, how well can you tackle? Like how well, how good is your contain and blitzing lanes? Like, you know, how long could you do a scramble drill for? It's like, he makes you just do your fundamentals like to the extremist extent. Cause if you don't do it, it's just like, you're screwed. And he hits a play like that. Like even Harrison Smith on it. Like when he's rushing, you could tell he's like, he's going to juke me. 
Like he like yep. sprints yep. through the A gap and he, he slows down because he's like, there's no way he's going to keep backpedaling. Like he has to break one direction. And then he's like, oh, this MFR really does. It's just going to backpedal 15 yards and launch it. And that's what he did. He threw the grenade. I, I, I do want to talk to you about on the other side of the ball is the Vikings run game was so much fun to watch today. Like it, it, Dalvin Cook finished 22 carries, 131 yards, six yards a carry. None of he had no rush longer than 16 yards. That's incredible. Which, That's exactly what you want. <laughs> just, just meandering all the way down. I mean, just chunk after chunk after chunk. Like they were getting into light personnel. The Cardinals switched. They almost like platoon Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons based mm-hmm. on rundowns and pass downs. They were getting into 11 personnel, so Isaiah Simmons had to be on the field, and then they were just messing with him. Like they were just running like split <laughs> split zone stuff, and like Isaiah Simmons just going every which way, and like it was it, they they had a plan, and it, it worked to perfection in the run game. And it's I mean it, it, I couldn't believe that field goal too, that 62 yarder that would have been good from like 70. Remember like Lane Kiffin? Remember when he kicked with Seabat Sebastian Janikowski from? Like, oh yeah. It could. It would have been good from there. Like Elaine Kiffin needed needed Prater to kick that field goal. They did from the opposite opposite like twenty. He did a few years ago with Janikowski. I want to ask you: Are the card if you played a pickup football game and you just got whatever the teams were, the Cardinals would be the second best team after the Chiefs, right? Like I just mean, the offense, they, like the pickup yeah. offense. They yeah. that's essentially what they are. They are. They're, it's pretty it's much Hopkins just winning ISO routes. Like it's it's Rondell Rondell Moore making stuff happen with the ball in his yep. hands. And yep. it's funny because when they put this team together, that this was clearly the vision. I, yep. I think it's almost too pure a version yep. of the vision that they had. Yep. They almost wished it wasn't exactly like this. I, again, AJ Green making plays too, but the that one throw to AJ Green on the right sideline again is just oh, it's gorgeous. A legitimately perfect play by the quarterback. I mean, he's yeah. doing some ridiculous stuff right now. All right. Yeah. Last game from that late slate. Again, I have no idea what the Seahawks and the Titans are. Like it, the Titans offense looked awful again for half of the game. And then Derrick Henry over the course of the second half rips off like four ridiculous runs, a 60 yard run that I still don't understand what the Seahawks were doing on that play. Like yeah. they had two tight ends to that side and AJ Brown motioned down. It felt like they were just outnumbered on that side and it left Henry one-on-one with the corner. We all know how that goes. Julio had a big game and there are a few plays, just broken coverages by the Titans defense that still don't make any sense. I mean, it yeah. just, but then again, at the end in the second half, the Seahawks couldn't string enough plays together. I mean, it's, they made enough stops. So again, just one of those games I'm going to have to go back and watch again to truly grasp all the nuances of what happened. It was just that afternoon slate. It just felt like a wave of ridiculousness washing over me for three and a half hours. I think all at one time, there's a game winning drive happening all at the exact same time. Like after every game seemed like they're in a different state. Also, it was like, oh my God, everybody is like driving down. It was Dak at one, you know, and Tannehill and the other. The, the, the thing I noticed with the Titans was they finally did get to those inbreakers with Julio and AJ Brown. Yes. Yes. They finally got to them. And and it looked great. And honestly, the bomb to Julio was like a changeup, which was really cool. They because on that the the play action that the Titans love to run is just hard play action, dig in a, a corner, and it's just an easy read for Tannehill. Yep. He just goes corner across the field. And what they did was they had they hit it once to AJ Brown. Then later in the drive, they went 
Julio acts like he's around the corner. He leans into it, and then he just runs the post, and Tannehill put the ball up beautifully. Julio had laid eyes and laid hands on it, which I actually wasn't thinking he was going to look. Like, it was like <laughs> Julio was just booking it, and then finally at the last second he looked and caught it, which was, I mean, he acted like, I mean, that's Julio Jones. I, I, I'm i shocked. He's not shocked, of course, that he can do that. But it's like those change-ups started coming in. They did that at least four times. The screen game was coming from that because they would do the hard play action and then they'd be able to dip it back right over to Henry. They were able to check it down. So they they had a friendly game script, but they kind of just stuck to what they did. The run game, like they varied some stuff up. I'm going to talk about one of the plays. Actually, the one you were just talking about, the Henry long touchdown. But also they ran pin pull. They ran power. They weren't just running outside zone. So they had a good game plan. It just it took them a while to get to it. <laughs> it's a really, it's a really actually take advantage of what happened. But like you said, I have no idea what these teams are because it's like even with the Seahawks, it looked like they're going to blow them out and they lost. It, it was just, it was weird. It was a weird it's, game. By the end of the game, it felt like we were watching a version of the Titans offense we'd seen over the last couple of years. And it's not just because they were being successful. There was the same sort of stuff that we saw last season when they needed to protect their tackles the same way they need to right now. I mean, they got Ty Sambrilo on one side. They got Cuisenberry on the other side. It's the same situation they ran into a year ago. So yeah. it, it looked, again, my concern coming into the season, was this going to be like a cheap knockoff of those teams? And at times today, it did. For the second straight week, they just refused to block someone on a boot and had a debilitating sack fumble as a result of it. And yeah. it made no sense because they had both tight ends sealing off the backside on the boot. It was like, all right, we left that as a naked last week. Not doing that again after the Chandler Jones play. Now, let's actually put some guys over there. For whatever reason, doesn't work. They just let yeah. I, I, 98, whose number, name I can't remember, Alton Robinson. They just let Alton Robinson through for a sack fumble. Later in the game, though, they're running a couple of those just max protect straight back play actions that we're used to with two tight ends staying in there. And it looked exactly what we had seen. What yeah. they, it looked exactly what they were doing last year. And it was yeah. like, all right, this is just... Just do the same stuff. Like, just, like, like you need. It was you need, you, you need variations of it, but like I yeah. have seven guys in protection. Have Julio Jones and AJ Brown, and like this is gonna be okay. Like, just yeah. run like glances and posts, and just let those guys be what they are. And yeah. it felt like they finally started to settle back into that a little bit today. Who knows how, what the long term health of that is going to be? But that was encouraging. Yeah. That locket touchdown. I'm confused. It was the exact same situation as what happened against Indianapolis last week, where it looked like they're in some sort of like too deep coverage where he has a two way go on the safety with nobody touching him. And it was the exact same end result, which I just don't understand why teams continue to do that against this team. I think they just struggle to pass it off because it's just one guy probably getting too excited. Another guy can't rally because yeah, yeah. they, they have to slingshot the pick uh, Rogers had last week, the real bombs away one that he just chucked it up there. And the guy at the corner rallied all the way back. I want to say uh, defensive guys call that slingshotting. And I, I think a lot of those guys are just not doing it. And I, I don't think you expect, <laughs> I don't think you can expect much out of the Titans defense this season, uh, as far as uh top tier schematic game planning and top tier talent <laughs> across the board. Je- uh, Jeffrey Simmons did play well today, but it, it's, that's just what this team is. It's almost like a team, just a total chaotic team week in, week out where it's going to be like, there's going to be some really cool stuff. And there's going to be some stuff that you're just like, what was that? Like, like the, the Titans did a couple of times. was, what was pretty cool was, um, because the Seahawks are so aggressive with their safeties is they block 
the, the tight end and the safety triggered or he went to the hole and then they released the tight end like a late leak, almost like a upfield screen. Mm-hmm. And they hit that a couple times, which I was like, oh, that was pretty cool. Like kind of a little nifty. I have no idea if it was planned or if it was just like <laughs> Tannehill going like, oh, he's wide open. And I hit him like you never know with that stuff. But it happened twice. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But um, Seahawks offense, though, I, I they did like we talked about this week was that they are leaning into stuff for us does well, which is good. You know, the heavy play app, play action stuff, the nakeds. Uh, I saw in two minute, they ran true mirrored concepts where it's the same concept on both sides. And I was like, yeah, there you go. And there's everything was outside. Don't make them read over the middle. Yeah. But, and then end of the game, you know, some stuff happened. That should have been a safety, by the way, at the, a walk-off safety. I, you were very excited the about the potential of a walk-off safety. Oh my God. It's like a walk-off walk in baseball, like where it's bases loaded <laughs> and someone walks and it walks in the winning run. That's like my favorite, but it's like, yeah, it could have been that walk-off safety is you don't get many of those. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a very rare occurrence. I would have loved it. All right. Let's move on to a couple of the things that really grabbed our attention today. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. All right, let's start with the Raiders' offense. For the second straight week, the Raiders put together a pretty damn good performance. Derek Carr averaged 0.49 EPA per dropback today. For Just for context, that's about twice what the best quarterbacks in the league averaged over the course of the entire 2020 season. This team consistently does a lot of really interesting things. I mean, the play that really sticks out to me today, the one that just I think is a perfect example of how they do throw little tiny tweaks on stuff. It was, I can't remember exactly what the down and distance was. I'm looking through my notes. It was a seven, it was third nine. There was seven, 10 left in the third quarter. They were in empty, which they did a lot today. A lot of empty. Which, today. Yeah. It, which, but it was the way they do it is so interesting. And I want to get into that because mm-hmm. they're doing it out of like heavy personnel and they're, they're changing it up. And it was interesting because the Steelers today, for the most part, I'd have to go back and look at all the plays were matching their, 12 personnel with nickel because they knew that they wanted to throw when they were in 12 mm-hmm. personnel mm-hmm. still didn't matter. They still threw the ball extremely well with multiple tight ends on the field, which we'll get into why, but my favorite play today, again, I think is very emblematic at third and nine. They're in empty. All every single receiver on the field ran a stutter go like ran a stutter. And so every single receiver went to the marker, essentially stuttered at the marker and then took it vertically he threw it to Renfro, but mm-hmm. all five guys did it at the same time. It was like watching like synchronized swimming. It was beautiful and it worked. And it's like that this team is a really good four verticals team. Like they get yeah. to it in a lot of different ways. And this is just one more wrinkle. There are 10 more examples we could use in this game. But I think that Gruden has done a consistently good job creating and designing this offense over the last couple of years. And I think that this is the best version of it that I can remember seeing, the one that we're getting to see over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and the point about them being in base or heavier personnel and going empty, it keeps the defenses like basic. If you keep them at base personnel or like they maybe big nickel today, um, like the Bills last week going against the Steelers defense and going with so much empty, so much empty. They're all on zero personnel, 10 personnel, 11 personnel. So they just match and sub and defenses love their exotic looks out of sub personnel, out of nickel and dime. They love being able to twist guys up and move guys around. When you give them a base, they get a lot more vanilla. It's just their day one, day two insult. And that's the advantage the Raiders have week in, week out. Um, it's an advantage I used to have at, at Wisconsin, or not I, but the Wisconsin Badgers as a whole program used to have. And at Pitt was all these teams were going spread, spread, spread. 
And then you just wind up in 21, 12, and 22 personnel, all these tight ends and fullbacks. And teams are just like, we've never practiced against this. We've practiced against all 10 personnel every single day. We don't know how to take on a fullback. And that's kind of what the Raiders' advantage is every week is we have Darren Waller, who, who's a matchup issue on anybody. We have Henry Ruggs, who's like a super role player, taking the top off and all that, which was Oh my God, I've never seen Derek throw a ball further than he did to, yeah. to Henry Ruggs say, Oh my God, he let that one go. And maybe some three rivers wind got, got behind him. But it is, but like just those kind of dressing up the four verts. And when, like, they, I'm glad you brought up the four verts because they got to one out of 13 personnel. And I, I, four verts, you can do out three by one. That's a staple one. But two by two, which is a mirrored concept, actually, is another way to do it. But what I've always found is if you just went 11 personnel, two by two formation and just ran four verts, defenses just pass it off like it's nothing. You have to dress it up with emotion yep. or a, a funky personnel grouping. And that's what they that's what he's doing. And you're just making it just it's not reinventing the wheel. It's just getting to him and just cute. I was going to say cuter looks, but it's kind of I mean, when we compliment what the Saints do, this is what they're doing. It, that's exactly exact, right. This is it. Formation and personnel advantages with staple concepts. And and that's what it's really cool to watch when a team goes empty out of heavy personnel and on the next snap they're four by one concept on the next snap they're just running up your ass like it's it's pretty cool to watch a team do that doing some kind of creative stuff out of those big personnel groupings i mean just and even it reminds me also in a lot of ways what the patriots did a couple years ago where they do a lot of empty out of those heavier personnel sets just because it dictates coverage immediately it's like if i have the running back split out to the left here and you're doing this a certain way I know what I have. I mean, yep. they do a great job of just garnering information with the way that they line up. The Foster Moreau touchdown to me is a perfect example. They have two tight ends on the field. Both of the tight ends are to the left side. A lot of teams are doing this, by the way. Tons of hip teams slot. are running that hip slot where they have the two tight ends on the same side. We talked about it with the Cowboys last week. It's yep. a way to give your quarterback information. So they have both of the tight ends on that side. All three receivers on, on the right side. So all the corners are on that side. Joe Sherbert is literally the most the furthest outside defender on that side. So like, all right, we have man coverage. And they threw a corner route to Foster Moreau instantly out of that set for a touchdown. And it just, it allows, and too. I think really good ball, great really throw. good ball. <laughs> yeah. But it, it allows Derek Carr to play. He already is really smart. Like we yeah. know this. Like he is a very, very cerebral, intelligent quarterback who has a very good handle on all of the details of this offense. And when you're giving him the answers, before the play even starts, it allows him to play even faster. And when you combine that with the players that they have, like the amount of choice routes they run with Renfro and Waller and just like a lot scheming them up where it's like, all right, you have this per this person one-on-one, either in man or some kind of man or zone coverage, but like this guy is responsible for you. You have a two-way go against this singular player. The way that they dress all of that stuff up and they have those two pieces combined with the speed that Ruggs gives them and then just the I'm trying to describe like what kind of receiver Brian Edwards is. He's just like that bigger body, like kind of slasher type guy. It's just like, I'm going to hit a deep dig to you. And like, that's what you are. Like yeah. now they, they have all these pieces and the pieces make sense. And I think that, I don't know, like it's just fun to watch this offense right now for all of these reasons. Yeah. And the, the usual uh, negative with Gruden, sometimes is he, get, he can get too cute. And yeah. like, you know, it's like, oh, he, he, you could tell he really liked the design and, and, but sometimes he, he snaps out of it, but seeing them when it's clicking, it's really fun. I mean, it really is like watching a team do this because it, it's, it's good concepts. It really is like, they're not 
doing anything too crazy. But also the smattering they're doing, like they'll attack vertically, like your stutter and go example. Uh, they'll do the all go running back seam stuff out of heavier personnel. But creating those advantage matchups, like you're saying with the hip slot stuff, defensive guys call YY wing, which I'll never do, but that's what some people know it as. And that's the two tight ends or a fullback and a tight end doing that. I think we're seeing it more and more with two high defenses being more prevalent and getting that advantage. You're putting either the linebacker in no man's land. So if I were to run a zone with a bubble there, he either has to play the bubble or he has to play the zone. And I'm going to make him wrong if I'm running the ball there, passing the ball. Sometimes that guy, he has to be a curl flat player and, and work underneath. Say, say I ran a smash concept, like we've talked about before. He has to sink underneath that corner route and, yep. and on those concepts. And you can get an advantage that if you have Henry Ruggs or somebody with some speed, if you create a stack formation and you're making a linebacker in a corner, pass these things off as opposed to two corners that do it every single day and know these what these looks are. And it gives you the advantage. I think just you teams got away from it a little bit because everybody was in cover three so much. Defenses just rotate the weak safety over there, and it kind of messed with your run game a little bit, made it like a little less advantage. But I just think with more too high, uh, too high defenses is now that's why that's coming back because now it's just like an easy tell if they want to bring a pressure. Like a lot of these teams will bring that base pressure. These Fangio defenses, I know this is Steelers, but just talking league wide, it's an easy tell. Oh, there's the safety cap and that slot pressure. Here it comes. Like I know, I like you said, you're just giving so many little advantages that just add up over a course of a game. And I think Carr is playing extremely well. I mean, yeah. like he's they've also done helps. this before where the offense is like, oh, they're doing some nice stuff. I think yep. he's playing at a really high level. That throw to rugs is like high level shit. Like that's a really, really impressive play. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our next one here. Sam Darnold. You have my attention. Yeah. <laughs> he played well for the second straight week. 26 yep. of 38, 308, two touchdowns, an interception, and a couple other questionable throws today. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he had some moments where it's like, Sam. The third Please down, <laughs> the third down when he when he rolled when he spun out to the left and he threw the ball back threw it behind was like, him. Please, oh my Sam, God. please! Like that's just know. it's that's all I don't want you to do right now is exactly those types of plays. But for the most part, I mean, this is similar to what we talked about last week, where it's like this is here for you. Yeah. Like we're talking about giving guys answers, little tiny ways today. So many times where it's like, all right, you have man coverage. The DJ Moore yeah. touchdown, perfect example. Yep. It's like, all right, we're motioning McCaffrey out. Like, you have man coverage, slant flat, hit the slant, touchdown. Like, just little tiny things where it's like, just play the game that's in front of you. Play the game that I'm presenting to you. And right now, he is doing that at a high enough level where if I were the Panthers, I would feel pretty good about it. Yeah. And the first TD he had on the naked was so cool because I think Darnold in the past would have hit the flat. And the flat yeah. was there, but it would have been a, a catch and tackle, like a two yard, three yard gain. He glanced at it, but then he was like, wait a sec, that guy's coming down. And he glanced his head. It's a, the ball, I would say the ball was good. It was a little high, but it was like he put it right on there, touchdown. Hits the over route for a touchdown. He's taking those doubles and triples when a single is there. And that's when you that's where you hope to see out of a good quarterback or a good quarterback play. And like I think you just brought it up too, is that they're putting Joe Brady's doing a great job just putting the guys in good spots. DJ Moore looks yeah. really good, like really awesome. doing the receiver stuff. Like he's like catching the, well, not only just like the slant route, but like he was catching stop routes, like a true X. And it yep. was like, oh, okay, DJ Moore. And oh, actually, even this is kind of like what you you just said too. Like they opened up the whole offense to him, saying like, hey, the world's your oyster a little bit. Kind of like, hey, what's what's this is your team, Darnold? We trust you. What you're doing was 
it was third and 11 in the four minute drill at the end of the game. What a four minute drill is, is you're trying to burn the clock and, and teams will have structure of plays that they really prefer in that situation. It's a whole nother type of situation that offenses and defenses have. And it was third and 11 in that four minute drill and they threw it and they didn't have to, they're icing the game. They sh- Most teams would probably run it, just burn some clock. But the fact they trusted him to make the right decision was like, okay, they're getting, they're building some confidence, not only just in him, but everybody else with what Sam Darnold's doing. So that's pretty cool to see. Um, like you mentioned the, uh, the throwing behind him was bad Sam all the way. And it was terrifying to see that. And then also he had the inter- interception on the little quick game concept where he was trying to, he was getting, Kind yeah, of like yeah exactly just trying to do too much so i trying to do too much and on that play this is like we're going to get into it probably but like talking about that's what carson wentz does a million times it, it's a quick game concept you know you're getting pressure it's one and done on that read it's that ball just comes out it. because the o-line is not blocking for that long but o-line and quick game o-line knows it's quick game so they block a certain way they it's one mississippi two mississippi ball better be out so the fact that he double clutched there was like oh come on sam like he, that that wheel's gotta be turning a little bit and that's something that wentz gets into but the thing is they've taken that used to be seven times a game and the yes. fact that it only happened once or twice maybe just flip the percentages that's all yep. i want the proportions that's- of good and bad to be flipped and that is <laughs> and that is what they've ended up doing and yep. i just think that when you combine the dj Moore touchdowns a perfect example another one i loved this is talk about plays that are becoming more and more popular just the way teams are playing they have a formation that they'll use where they'll have a tight end it's it's arnold a lot because they do it in like passing specific situations where he'll be like that like that nub trips look where he's a tight end attached to the formation on one side and the three receivers on the other side and they did it today and they created one of those four strong looks where mccaffrey's in the flat yeah and then they had the other two guys run off and then they had more on the deep out to yep. hit that vacated area against what I assume was like a quarter's coverage. Yep. And it's, I love that. It's like, again, that's easy. Like yeah. just you, that's exactly it's, where you should go with the ball. The coverage dictates that's where it is. It's just everything aligns in that moment in a way that makes the game easy on a quarterback who we know is talented. And I think yeah. that happened consistently today. The, it, it, oh, go ahead. It, it, oh, I'm sorry, but it's just, he's not missing a lot of throws right now. His accuracy is totally really good right now. And yep. it's just that he had, it's the, he had a couple bad decisions. So it's yep. not the physical stuff and why that accuracy is playing so well is because he's so confident what's being asked of him to do. So it's yep. what we saw with Josh Allen last year, his feet are calming down his, I mean, I'm not saying to that extent where he's gonna have a freaking MVP season, but it's, but it's just like things are slowing down mentally. So then his feet calm down and his feet are less noisy. So now he's not spraying balls because he's late and he's overextending or any of those types of things. So now it's, it's just, it slows down his, his brain slowing down. So now his feet are slowing down. Now the accuracy is coming with that. It's kind of, the process is leading to the results and it's kind of cool to see it week one, week two, as opposed to going like, Oh, he's doing a couple good things. We'll see it in week eight. It's like, it's good to see it real. So, so early on in the year. I will say McCaffrey was great today. Oh, fantastic. And just the, the weapon, the weapon that he is for them in the passing game is amazing. It, that the Steven Ruiz meme with Kyle Shanahan with the microscope, that was Joe Brady and Zach Bond today. Oh my I mean, God. that and that was I will say that is that was a consistent issue for the Saints was Zach Bond having to play zone coverage in the middle of the field and the corners the corner injury issues they had today. Those yeah. showed up. So there's there are caveats to what Darnold did. But just again, he's playing a very good version of football that in the way that they're asking him to play. And I thought yeah. he was impressive today. 
and, the and Saints no, side of this. Well, uh, I was going to say, and hopefully his head coach doesn't punt the ball at the 33-yard line again. Like, oh, I can't – I am so sad we did not talk about that last I week. Too. That's I have so many that's notes That's 100% it. on me. That's 100% on me. That's why it's I roped it back in. <laughs> slowly, as they slowly gain confidence in their quarterback, hopefully that stops happening. There are five more examples of cool Joe Brady plays I could throw in yeah. here from this game. He's doing a really, really nice job. The run this- game's great. Yep. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and, sorry. And it's, Keep cutting you off. And I'm so excited when, with it. <laughs> when they're creating, I mean, like the shot play they had to Robbie Anderson today. They wadded yep. up 21 max protection. It's just like, do yep. this in a good way. Like it just, yeah. you can take shots, protect yourself, protect your football. quarterback, make, make the game easier on him. Yep. Uh, from the Saints side of this, it's a miserable day. I mean, Jameis was, talk about bad Sam. We had some Jameis plays that were vintage Jameis plays. <laughs> they had eight coaches out today. Like it just, this seems like one of those games. You're coming off a fantastic win over the Packers. You got players out. You got coaches out. You're on the road. I mean, these are the types of games that happen. I'm not going to make any sweeping declarations about what we think about the Saints after today. Yeah, it, it burned the tape type of game. Just yeah. just like the Packers had last week, like the Saints are now on the receiving end of that. It's just kind of like, hey, take the lessons, write some notes down. All right, let's move on to week three. The one thing I'll say on the Saints offensive side of this. Reddick multiple times was just not paying attention to the eye candy that he's supposed to pay attention to on some of those play action concepts and just beeline toward the beeline. Yeah. And it's, and that, that had a couple splash plays for them as a result of that today. So that's interesting. I mean, I'm wondering what the coaching points are on that, whether he's actually being taught. All right. All this stuff, tight end slicing to the flat, them running away from you, just like you're supposed to be kind of slow playing that and squeezing it yeah. down. Don't worry about that because he made a couple huge plays as a result of that today. And the saints just couldn't make them pay for it. Yeah. They, even when they were trying to like have the tight end help over there, like coming across the formation, like with the Rams deal a lot, like he was late because Reddick was just so yes. fast. He was it's exactly so the play that I'm thinking about. I think, yeah, we're, I think we both have the same play in our heads. Because, and that that is probably some coaching points, and that's him maybe teeing off hearing a call or something, knowing so, – like, that happens too, where guys are like, they don't say rip when it's a run. Like, you know, like they know they hear those – Aaron Donald's – like, that's – for all of his athletic gifts, that's actually what Aaron Donald does extremely well too, is he understands what O-line calls are and actually takes advantage of it. But it's – I think some of that too, and that's – that's just changing the angles of your attack. And, and that's yeah. one of those where it's like, oh, sh- like by the time I think maybe they, they could adjust. It was a totally different game script. That, and, exactly. And yeah, 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 yeah. But they just weren't. A, it was the Panthers had, had a page ahead. And by the time the Saints adjusted, it was, the game was probably too late for them to actually do it. Because the way that you make them pay for it is you run at him. So yeah, right. <laughs> like that's exactly. when, when you're down by three touchdowns, it's probably yeah. not going to work as well. Can't, can't really set that up. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. 
Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. All right. That's the stuff that we were excited about today and then we thought went well today. Let's get to some things that maybe did not go quite as well. Why don't you explain this to me like I am an eight-year-old? All right. Here's what I need an explanation for today. I need the NFL explain to me why the fuck this taunting rule is a thing. <laughs> just, just, I, I, it's just, it's just to annoy us. I mean, I swear, it, it's honestly such a Big Brother move. Like, just like, kind of like, just like I'm not hitting you, kind of move. <laughs> like, and they just go, hey, like when I was with the Raiders in, in 2017, they changed the rules to allow more celebrations. We could do team, we could yeah, do unit it was celebrations. Great. No one, everyone loved it, right? Universal praise. And what's why ruin that? Why it's such an NFL move to do this? It, it there is no utility to it. Yeah. it. When we were a couple years ago, because this is what happens, right? In the NFL, we have these points of emphasis early in the season that the refs are told to look for. For the first two or three weeks of the year, it's all we talk about. Remember yeah. when the pass interference was? Or excuse me, when the roughing the passer calls. We're totally out of control. The body weight calls were just ruining everything. This happens. The pass pass interference reviewable rule. Every year we have a version of this. I can understand how we got to reviewable pass interference, right? That moment from that Saints-Rams game, I understand how we get from point A to point B. I understand how we have a greater emphasis on roughing the passer calls. Quarterbacks are the most important players in the league. People tune in to watch quarterbacks. I grasp the league's motivation here. There is no justification for this. There is no justification for trying to legislate emotion out of a game where these guys are what we're asking them to do for three hours every single week and just the, the heights of emotionality that you have to bring yourself in order to play the game at a high level to ask people to just erase reactions to plays. Like it, you're gesturing incomplete in someone's general direction. And we're going to throw a 15 yard flag that can swing the outcome of a game. Like yep. it's insanity to me. It just, there is no upside or no, and no benefit to this being a thing. And typically I'm not like a, pile on like we all know it's stupid like i'm not making uh, some some novel point by saying that this is dumb everyone on the internet said it was dumb but that's how dumb it is that i feel i still feel the need to spend five minutes talking about this because it infringed on our football sunday in a way that has zero justification exactly and and you're like you said you're telling these guys that are psychotic competitors that is is one of the most I mean, imagine us as fans when a ball goes incomplete and everyone goes, ah, and that's yes. us as fans standing there. Now imagine making the play. Don't you think you're going to be a little hyped up? Like, and you're just telling the person that made the play, not one cheering it on, made the play, can't have any emotion. And it's like, they're like, well, we want positive emotion. But guess what? Well, now you're putting it in the place where it's like, what is that? What is that? It's some of these guys are so dumb. Some, some of these guys have been doing that since like middle school where you're signaling this stuff. And it's like all of a sudden they have to, like as grown men, now they have to worry about it. Like there's so much that goes into us. Receivers and DBs 
O-linemen, D-linemen, guys talk the entire game. Guys are motivated the whole game. Do you think a guy just made a bad play and then a quarter later makes a play that saves the game or or just redeems themselves and they they just have to walk off the field and go like, like okay, good job, me. Like, no, it's like, no, <laughs> like you're going to react. They're human beings. It's just let them play. You're Now you're making them think about more. You're making all of us think about more. We don't get to enjoy touchdowns now because we have to worry about a penalty. That's some bullshit. We don't have to, like, you know, a big third down stop. Like, just all these guys. Now the refs have to look for it. The refs blew, I'm going to bring it up again. The refs blew that that safety in the Titans-Seahawks game. Guess what? They're probably worried too much about the guy celebrating too much for getting the sack. Like, rather than actually, like, really calling the game, you know, the rules, like, what their actual job is. And so we're putting more on these guys that we already acknowledge influence the game in a way that we don't like. And now we're rewarding that with more. And I, I just don't understand. The NFL is, as a whole is usually so reactive and not proactive. And this is like the first time ever they've been proactive about something. And it's like the worst thing possible to be proactive about. <laughs> and it's just like, like I said before, it's just such an NFL move. And I, I, I just, no one likes it. I don't like it. You don't like it. It's just, I don't understand it whatsoever. Not only is the spirit of it wrong, but it's weight, the importance of the plays. Typically, this comes on third down. Like, these yeah. are drive-ending plays that are now extending drives. So one, it's a dumb rule that makes the game less enjoyable to watch because it's – I like when players are excited. Like yeah. I like when there's emotion in the game. So one, it's making the experience of watching the NFL less fun on a Sunday. And two, it's swinging games in disproportionate ways – for what's happening in the moments that it's happening in, like in two re- in two different realms, this is dumb and is yeah. completely indefensible. We're, we're we're penalizing a team for playing better because the yes. team celebrating is generally the one probably going to get penalized. So now we're rewarding the team for doing better, which is just. <laughs> I'm a board game nerd. I love rules. So now it's just like I, like this is like one of the worst things you can do. It's like you're rewarding. It's a bad incentive, and that's not what that's meant to be. When you change a rule, you're rewarding. You want good incentive. You want in soccer, they change it for our win is three points instead of two points. Want to know why they do that? We want people to try to go for the win instead of the tie. Yeah. Like that's, you know, that's incentive. That's a good rule change. I mean, but that's NFL is just like, this is how the, it's a knee jerk thing. <laughs> and that's what they want to do. All right. Let's get to a couple things where we want to slow down a little bit. want to take it easy after week two. Pumpy breaks key. All right. <laughs> I love Let's it. pump Traffic the brakes. I, I, just, I just love that name, that drop right there. It's perfect. How many times have you seen Tropic Thunder? Oh, 30. I, I, I've I, actually listened to the director's commentary where Robert Downey Jr. doesn't break character. Like he, he stays in character during the, the director's commentary. It is of movies that have come out like in the last 20 years. It's, it's one of my most rewatched movies. Like oh, yeah. it is. I look for excuses to put it on. Yeah. And it, it's one of those it's, that's just clearly in the rotation. It's just there's so many scenes in it that like where, even when the director, uh, uh, director Cockburn, he, he does the same where he just goes like, what? To Nick yeah. Nolte's character. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> like just little scenes like that. Like I just like think about like constantly or just, you know, anything with Bill Hader and Tom Cruise's character. Like I, I mean, everything. I mean, it's just one of the most quotable movies ever. So there's, I don't, I don't everyone in that time. movie is throwing a hundred. I mean, it's absolutely yes. ridiculous. That game's a, that, right. that, that game, that the entire movie is a heat check by everybody. Like <laughs> everybody's just got, yeah, let's go for it. Screw it. 
couple guys didn't have to worry about heat checks today, and that was the rookie quarterbacks. So, But I want to slow it down with the rookie quarterbacks. During the preseason, it became very easy to be like, oh, man, look at these guys. These guys are ready. Like, can, you, can you remember a group of rookie quarterbacks that has looked this good in the preseason? They're still rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. Like, it is very, very important to remember this. And I want to talk about it in the, through the lens of a couple different guys. But let's start with Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson had a nightmarish game today. We have seen – it's almost a cliche at this point is rookie quarterbacks having nightmarish games against Bill Belichick. Like if you go back and look at the picks, they're every version of awful, right? I mean, there's yeah. bad decisions. There's bad accuracy. The one that he overthrew to McCourty, he throws while moving to his left for no reason. He's just like trying to put sauce on a throw when he's like down two touchdowns that just doesn't need is, it at all. Is that when he flipped his feet, like his flipped his feet and hips? Like he like yes. he went for style points. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why don't and the pocket was actually like clean too. He was just like, Yeah, uh, yeah, let's just flip the hips real quick. Yeah. It's like Tony Tony Hawk pro quarterback. It's like you don't need to do this, man. He went and for the knowledge. He went for the fakey side. Yes. Like, yeah, like, yeah, just let's switch. Let's switch. Uh, let's go. Uh, uh, goofy foot on this one. And and that's fine. And like it's I don't to me this is not a moment where I'm like oh man now I'm really worried about Zach Wilson. Like there are going to be issues. His offensive line is a mess right now. I mean when you have the injuries, you have the concerns. You're playing against the Patriots. That's going to happen. Trevor Lawrence, same deal. An awful day couple i mean his numbers were terrible a couple really bad decisions the pick by sertan was an insane play by the way yeah. i mean just absolutely ridiculous play so it's these games are going to happen and then justin fields today i don't know what do you think i it's kind of what i expected out of him he had a couple good throws but he got put in so many shit situations <laughs> it was like third and long has to pass third and extra long has to pass um he still has to work on the protection stuff i actually did see him Check one, and I want to watch. It was what a the beautiful was. play. I want he, to look. He what saw. They, the, he saw the nickel was coming. He's like, and he yeah. called it out. It was like, all right, yeah. he's learning. He's slowly so, learning. Hey, you'll learn very quick when you get your head taken off of the preseason. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't like that feeling, so I'm going to change. I'm going to work on how to stop that. What's the process to not get my head taken off? I I thought it was fine. I mean, God, he can create. I mean, that zone read where he's spinning on on Hendrickson, like he just. I mean, he does all those types of things. It's just. There, he learned a couple of mistakes today. All these guys had a welcome to the NFL moment today. And like Zach Wilson had, he, he I think Zach Wilson today learned what NFL open is. I, mm-hmm. I think he realized I can't take that extra little hitch. I like to take that. I took at BYU yes. a lot where I kind of got, he gets that little extra little gather and, it, and flips and he, yep. his arm is outstanding. His arm is as advertised. It's, it's so funny. It's like, for me, like I have to like see what these guys look at in NFL, and I go, "Oh, he has a good arm strength." Like even when I'm grading guys, I'm like, I could still be a kind of a hater. But like it's like NBA when you see a guy dunk on an NBA court, you're like, "Oh yeah, he is athletic." Like you know, yeah, like yeah, I yeah. believe it now because I see the scale of it all. But same with like Zach Wilson, he I think today he got caught double clutching a lot of things. He was aiming throws. He felt uh, he it felt like he was late on a lot today, where he was yeah. backing up in the pocket. All these guys today. I would say Lawrence did as much because his pocket movement's really good, but Fields, Wilson, even Mac Jones a little bit, they work back in the pocket, which is a no, which you can get away with sometimes, but it's it you kind of have to wean out of it as you become a pro. And working back in the pocket is because the pass rush and the offensive tackles are t- taught to set at a certain point. So if you're they're taught to block you at seven yards 
and you back up to nine or 10. That's what we get on Mahomes about all the time, but Mahomes is Mahomes. But backing up to nine, 10 yards, all of a sudden that DN could just beeline towards that point. And the tackle yeah. is like, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm blocking, you know, I'm blocking inside out. Um, so I think Wilson had a couple of those today where it was just like he's working back and taking the extra hitch and he ends up late. Like he had a fourth and two. He's late on the out throw. And it's because he just takes that, ha- ha- that half little second, just that little count. And the ball comes out late and he tries and then he's trying to gun it in there. And, and, and I think just today, Bill Belichick just had a field day with that. I actually wasn't as low on Trevor Lawrence rewatching him as I thought I would be. He he's the opposite of Alex Smith in the sense that 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 dude does not take a check down. He, no, he is. No, he really it's doesn't. Third, it's third and twelve. He's he's thrown at twenty. It's third and four. He's thrown at fifteen. He is like he goes for the throat every single time. So I'm like, I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not like hating it too much. Like that's something that's so hard to teaching to a guy and like it's easier to teach out of it i've talked about this with darnold that's why i was always kind of higher on darnold he was willing to do that shit but it's he's taking the high on those high low concepts and so it, it's even like he hit a two-minute drill he hit a backside dig shout out seth galena he, he loves a good old backside dig because breeze used to hit him all the time but it's like he hit one of those in a two-minute drill i was like oh baby like that's 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 the good shit right there. <laughs> that's what you want to see on your quarterback. But he he's just I think he's just gauging stuff. He's got to learn that hey, it's okay to punt. I think he's so used to being with Clemson where they're just knifing guys left and right all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's okay to be aggressive and make a mistake. I think in the NFL sometimes it, it, the classic saying for you teach quarterbacks is end every drive with a kick, whether that's a field goal, an extra point, or a punt. And I think he just has to learn that that's what it is now. It's like, hey, it's third and 12. I didn't get the first down. We got five yards. We punted. But at least it's not a pick. And now they have the ball in the red zone. Come to the other side. But I, I thought all those guys. I, and then just real quick on Mac Jones, who had an A dot today of four yards. Uh, it's incredible. Which is the second, uh, ben, uh, uh, it's second percentile for A dot in a game. That's how what it was. Second two. Like, that's what it was. It, it, but he is so damn accurate. Uh, I mean, he really is Chad Pennington's redux. But it, with him, he only can go as far as the guys create after the catch. Because he's yeah. going to put it on the money every freaking time. But if they only can get two yards after the catch, it, that's what it is. It, it, that's what the gain is going to be. That's just how his style is. But he is, like, rare accuracy. Uh, he's his accuracy has been really, really impressive to watch as, as an NFL quarterback. It's, like, maintained what he did at Alabama now at the NFL level. I could tell you the three throws where he threw the ball more than 10 yards in there. I think he hit, wasn't it a corner to Jacoby Myers? Yep. And then he tried to go back to it and it was incomplete. And then they had the trick play to John Smith down the left sideline. Those are the three so, plays. What's so funny on that trick play, he hits John and he had a higher throw over it. And <laughs> he's willing to do it sometimes, but it was like, come on, like push it downfield. You got it right there. But he's like, he's almost to a fault. I would say to a fault. Actually, I, I'm not going to diss this at all because he is, he knows what's, they're trying to accomplish on every single play. Uh, and that's yeah. what something he did at Alabama is you could tell the intent of every single concept they ran because he's going to run it exactly how it was designed as far as his eyes and where the ball comes out on time and stuff. But that's why he needs guys to create, maybe create after the catch and because they want to maximize what those plays are supposed to do. But it was, it was the rookie quarterbacks, man. We we've been spoiled with some good rookie quarterbacks and we forget that some of these guys are going on some shit situations and they only can do it. It's so really much. hard to play quarterback in the NFL as a rookie. It's really, I will say really hard. My final point on Justin Fields, he finished six for 13 for 60 yards. If Mooney catches that first deep cross that he dropped, and if Robinson catches that touchdown, that suddenly becomes eight for 13 for 115 yards, and the entire game looks a lot different. Yeah. I mean, it's 
that the, go the ball pick was is bad. beautiful. That go ball the, by Alan Robinson was beautiful. It was gorgeous. His gorgeous. what? His ball placement is really good. <laughs> like that's yeah. what he does very well. Yeah. And, I mean, and he multiple times down the field. I mean, there were a few plays where it's like ah, half an inch here, half an inch there. His ball yeah. placement was exactly what you want it to be. He's yeah. making plays with his legs. The pick is tough. That's a pick yeah. Lamar Jackson made through last year, and that yeah. against that exact team, against that exact look, yeah, where it's hard, he comes down <laughs> and he drops out, and it's like, oh man, well, it's what are you going to do? Like that's a really difficult play. Yeah. I remember Lamar doing that against the, the Bengals last year. Like, a, that's it, okay. It's a it's it's a lean into that's a, that's a welcome to NFL moment because that is a lean yes. into the punch throw you have to make because it is. They, it, you're pre-snap going, all right, I got my crosser. They're blitzing. I got, I'm going to replace the pressure with this crosser. Done. Boom. Let's get the first down. We're done. Yeah. Don't you have to think, Hey, just get the snap and clean it up. And then you got a guy dropping right to where you're throwing. And that that's the thing is the counter to that is going over the top of it. And it's like, yep. but that's, and you get, he'll get there. This, uh, all these quarterbacks were so cool about them is they're willing to push the ball. Like I would say none of these guys where I'm like, Oh boy, this guy might not have a chance. It's just that they have to sometimes you have to take your your blows before you can kind of like learn from it and sometimes having a negative play is better than a positive play because sometimes you're just like ah, i can get away with that who gives a shit uh but having a negative play going like justin fields getting his head taken off hey i want to learn from that and i think all these guys kind of want to learn from those negative plays last thing about justin fields i think the toothpaste is out of the tube here man i mean right. i don't Couple i just don't rods. know how you can i just don't know how you can do it i yeah. mean we the justifications for someone say that in a while. <laughs> the, 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 I mean, I, I was trying. Cats out of the bag. I, whatever it is, yeah, yeah, this is over. I, I just yeah, don't think you is. can go back now because the way that he played, he was exciting enough. And you know, how, who knows how hurt Dalton was? I, I just think you have a hard time now regressing. Like yeah. this just felt like the moment where I was back and forth about it. I understood it both ways. I understood not wanting to put him out there. But I, I just think it's going to be really hard to keep him off the field now. I actually didn't see what Nagy said after the game about fields and about what the timeline would be. But I just think it'd be really hard facing your locker room after that and being like, yeah, we're going back with Dalton now. Yeah, especially you know, after just, he iced, I, the, iced the game on that fourth down or I'm mean, the third third long where he he scrambled and broke the tackle and everything. And he ices the game. He gets the first down that kind of that puts it out of reach and. Like you said, it's like he did enough. It wasn't like he was a total train wreck, but even though statistically it wasn't all there, it's like he did so much stuff today that was like, yeah, that dude is does some different things. And that's stuff that can win you a game when everything's not clicking for you is when a guy can create like that. And, you know, even though Dalton did play well week one, uh, I mean, for what he is, it, it's feels just kind of does a lot, lot more and it does a lot more and it's only going to get better as with more reps. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Not today, my good man. I'm feeling saucy. All right. Every week we like to dig into it's kind of a quiet, understated aspect of a game that led to success on offense or defense in some way that we wanted to shine some light on. So, Nate, take this one away. What did you want to talk about today? I wanted to talk about the windback run concept, which is a uh, 
super sexy. I know, guys. It, but what, <laughs> what I want to talk about, it just cropped up a whole, <laughs> cropped up three, at least three different teams today. Uh, what a wind back run is, it's kind of what it sounds like. It's a, a run that winds back with a running back. But what it is, it's usually a play off of a zone concept. So you'll see a lot of zone heavy run teams, offenses run this. Um, and what you're trying to do is to get the offense or defense to flow heavy with it. So if you run the zone a lot, the linebacker is the second, uh, even the defensive line is going to really flow with the run direction. And instead, you're kind of pinning them. You're using the old line to set and then pin the defense going that way and then wind the run back to the other side and take advantage of that. That Derrick Henry long touchdown that you brought up, that was a windback play. And on it, it was just kind of. It was funny. It was a, they dressed it all up. It looked like either duo. It looked like zone. It looked just like everything else they ever run. Looks like it's about to be zone. Comes back. It's counter footwork by the QB. And it, that's actually a good way to look at wineback. Wineback and counter are kind of similar thinkings, but just different versions of it. Counter being mm-hmm. the kind of power version with the polar, wineback being in the zone version. And they pinned aside. It's just attack Derrick Henry on a cornerback. Boom. Makes that guy miss outruns the safety, by the way, like who had an yeah. angle on him. Oh my God, it was ridiculous. I know. I, I when you were talking about the play, I was like, I want to talk about this later because that, that play was awesome. But they ran it. The uh, the Vikings ran it today. The Vikings uh, did theirs. And what's kind of cool is I, 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 my three examples, they all ran out of different personnel groupings, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that shit, guys. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. That's that's <laughs> the stuff that's the stuff that excites me when I watch this stuff. Uh, but it but theirs was uh, out of heavier personnel. And what they what they did with theirs, same exact thing. They're a heavy zone team. Boom. Pin the, pin the defense. Work right back. And when you have a real fast running back like Dalvin Cook. He can really take advantage of that. They're, they hit a couple today that were really, really nice plays. And that's when they were taking advantage of like Isaiah Simmons, his eyes, and Zayvon Collins, or who, who who actually played really well today. He just – Zayvon Collins is hilarious to watch at linebacker because he's big player bust. <laughs> he's like <laughs> – he he thinks he's read something right. He's like, I'm going for it. Like, I think this is his own. I am going for it. And that's why a wideback play kind of gets him. But the one I wanted to talk about, which is – it's kind of been one of my favorite plays for the last about two ish years now is the Rams version of wineback. And they've done theirs. Uh, famously, the Rams have run 11 personnel. They like to major in 11 personnel with three receivers. They can get away with that because they have two awesome blockers and Cooper cup and Robert yeah. Woods. And they use them basically as de facto tight ends at times, which is just so, so cool. And when they, Against your Bears, the 2018 game, uh, when uh, the 6 1 front and all that, and they're taking away the outside zone. The Rams, they came back the next year in 2019. Same thing. Teams started doing the exact same front to them. And you can say there's limitations. There's p- think pieces about what's happening with the Rams offense. And they came out of the bye week with this crazy to me windback version with a receiver as the lead blocker on it. And I, I, it's kind of a weird – I've never seen it with a receiver. Um, uh, the Saints copied this. Last year, I saw them do it with Traquan Smith, which I was pretty excited about. I saw Jonathan Taylor – or uh, Zach Pascal be asked to do it with the Colts last year. So I was like, okay, maybe this is a play that's going to proliferate, proliferate around the league. Still, hold, I'm still holding out hope for that. I still have stock in this play. But what, what the Rams are doing now, because now they're tying so much more with shotgun with Matt Stafford, is mm-hmm. now we're, they're running the ball out of the gun. So against the Bears last week, they were running inside zone out of the gun. And how they tied it in with another run that they got to was they did the wideback, but they did it out of the gun this time. And what they did is they had the receiver insert. And it, this stuff, it, it looks, it just looks so different than a run concept that you're used to. We're used to fullbacks leading. We're used to outside zone now where everything's just pushing to the side. And just seeing almost like this 
power play with a receiver leading the way <laughs> is really kind of goofy to watch. And it's it's really cool. And I, I, I do think it's a creative. It really speaks to Sean McVay and the, the run game stuff that they've done uh, under his tenure uh, with the Rams is they kind of take when they get lemons, they're like, all right, rather than just going, we're never doing that again. They go, hey, what's our change up now that can let us get back to our fastball? And yeah. that's what that's what this wineback play is for all these offenses. This is just another good change up some of these offenses have. And it's fun. That's all kind of teams that run a lot of zone that they get back to this play. It's really cool. And I really like the Rams version. All the stuff that they're tying in with Stafford being able to operate from the gun and actually read stuff out. They're now going like, okay, well, if we're going to be in the gun, we can't be heavy, heavy tendency in the gun that we're only passing, which they did the last couple of years, but it's so funny. So they're now like going like, hey, let's try and get some runs and everything. And they're actually trying to do it. And I want to see maybe the next step because what they did with the zone stuff wasn't anything revolutionary. It worked on against the Bears last week. Um, I want to kind of watch what they did this week. But Get into that windback. So it already shows me that they've already thought this through. That they're like, hey, we know teams are going to be on it. What can we already? And they put it on film already. One with Cup leading away, one with Woods leading away. One out of 12 personnel, one out of 11 personnel. So I, I'm very excited to see where kind of this play goes because it went from under center to gun. What's the next step of it? Do other teams start copying it? Going like, well, that's pretty cool. Like we, we need a new version. Let's get to that. Uh, so the windback run. It, it, yeah. Learn to, <laughs> that that is the concept of the day. And I, I just, I really like it. There's some big plays that happened today uh, off the wine back. The whole point of this segment is for you guys, when you're watching next week to be Leo from once upon a time in Hollywood, pointing at the TV. Like that's yes. what we want. Like that's the ultimate goal of this segment. So when you yes. see that play next week, you'd be like, Oh yeah, that's what they were talking that's about it. last week. Ideally you're at a bar with your friend. You can be like, yeah. look at this. Isn't it? I can explain this to you. That's what we're trying to get here. All right. Last Segment for today, we're going to talk about who won the belt. How do you feel about the match? Well, I think it's it doesn't be- matter how you feel. <laughs> That's all for you, baby. That is all for you. Every wrestling draft that we can use is That's definitely great. for Nate. All right, very quickly here. I only have one candidate. I think that the performance he put on today, Lamar probably has a sum some some claim to it after the game he had on Sunday night football i still think after what he did today and what after he after what he's done the last two weeks to me it's kyler murray i mean yeah. what kyler murray did today and just putting his team on his back he's playing at a ridiculously high level right now he really is it- we knock the Cardinals offense because of just what the, they do schematically, not because of what Kyler does. Yes. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's, I always want to differentiate. I love watching Kyler Murray play football. And today was just him. It was the epitome of what he is with the Cardinals it, is he yeah. truly is. I mean, most quarterbacks are the most valuable player, but it, it him more than most offenses it's kyler is the offense it, it just everything runs through him in the sense that he's creating plays he's making he he's getting whatever his lemons making lemonade he's doing the same thing and just doing it time after time after time and just being able to it's just so cool watching some of these guys and we're talking about create getting a bucket and creating plays and that's stuff we talked about with quarterbacks kyler's doing it time after time after time and with these teams that want to bring, what, what are the kind of defensive kind of flavors now? It's pressure or match stuff, right? Defenses are taught to, it's really a, a count in their head. It's like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, where they have to pass stuff off, or I have to guard for this long because that's how long concepts are. How do you match coverage chaos? And that's yeah. what Kyler does. How do you match chaos? And that's what he does. And that's what a guy like Josh Allen does. But Kyler today, because of his willingness to go deep, like, 
he punished the Vikings today just where they wanted to pressure. He punished them. Like that's what that was the Rondell Moore uh, scramble throw. And then also like he had the the draw for a touchdown. And on that play, it was match coverage. Eric Kendricks, who's playing phenomenal, by the way, but he Eric Kendricks is taught to, you know, they're looking up, they're bracketing guys. So when snapping the ball, he looks up who number three is because that his eyes don't go on the quarterback. It's not playing and dropping in the zone and all that. He's looking at the receiver. So the Cardinals are on QB draw. Rodney Hudson's at the goal line before any defender even comes at him. <laughs> like Rodney Hudson's just, you know, I always love watching an offensive lineman in space because you can tell they're just so uncomfortable. They're like, I, <laughs> so there should be more people near me. So like Rodney's looking around, like going like, where is everybody? And then, you know, Kyler ends up scoring on it, but it was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm all for it. Kyler Murray, I win the belt, hold it up, man. It, it's not the cruiserweight belt either. He actually wins the heavyweight belt. Like <laughs> he doesn't get the light heavyweight belt. I mean, he threw a couple interceptions today, but I mean, when you're lifting an entire offense the way that he's being asked to lift it right now, I mean, it's he's trying to make every single play. He's trying to win the game with like every single play, and that's going to have both good and bad moments. But today, yeah. the good far outweighed the bad. So yeah. when I was in my senior year, we had one play, we had one play where I got to, I mean, I got to pull a bunch, but. It was a it was a screen and like I leaked out and I was the lead blocker on this screen. It was a play we were like dialing up all week and I was like I'm gonna throw the biggest fucking block on this play. Yeah. Like I'm just gonna ruin the corner and we were gonna score a touchdown on this play. And we ran it during the game and I just completely whiffed. That's and my offense my my offensive coordinator just he who's like you talked about this yeah. all week. Yeah. All week you talked about this. So talking about just offensive linemen being I, uncomfortable in space. Listen, I I've been there. You get it. I I've I've, I, I've I've been there at least twice in my life. I have seen where we had a trap play against some badass like D tackle or something like that. And once at Wisconsin, once in the pros, where the person that we we're calling the trap play to block it once was a tight end, once was the offensive guard. All week it was like. You're going to lay that MFR out. Like, you got it, man. You're going to lay him out. Statement. State, we're going to open the game with it. We're going to open the game with that trap. We got you. Air ball. Both of them. The tight end one freaking <laughs> took out the entire left side of the offensive line because he missed the block so bad. He just knocked every – it was like a five-yard blow up. And it was just like, oh, my God. It, could, it should have been the highlight. It just opened the game, which is a five-yard loss. It just looked like shit. So I, I kind of get where you get hyped up. I'm, I'm used to being a quarterback where I have the ball in my hands, but I, I was handing off a lot. So <laughs> maybe I didn't have too much dialed up. It was a throwback tight end screen, and it was just me. It <laughs> was just this. me in the corner, and it just it still haunts me to this day. So I feel for Rodney Hudson in that moment. All right. That's a couple things that we're going to be keeping an eye on this week before we get out of here. We did not talk about the Rams and the Bucks a lot today. They're playing next week. So we're yeah. going to dig into that game in a big way on Friday's preview show. Also, a lot of injured quarterbacks today. Carson Wentz got hurt. Tua got hurt. Tyrod Taylor got hurt. See how that all plays out, what the long-term ramifications of those injuries are. Obviously, huge bummer for Wentz and Tua just because think about all of the intrigue about both of those guys yep. coming into the year. Hopefully, they're back sooner rather than later. We'll be talking about that a lot over the next couple of weeks if they are going to be out for an extended period of time. But for now, that's all we got today. Really appreciate you guys sticking around. Appreciate everyone who watched the stream. I know it's late. Appreciate everyone who's listening on Monday morning means a lot to us. Remember mailbag tomorrow. We're doing it with Stephen Holder. Very excited about doing that. He's one of our Colts writers, but is also now a national writer for the athletic. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is on the screen right now. 
I'm going to tell it to the people on the podcast that are listening. It's 872-222-7073. Again, 872-222-7073. Please leave us a voicemail or send in your email and your questions to the athletic to athletic football show at gmail.com. That's athletic football show at gmail.com. For now, please rate and review the podcast. If you would on your podcast platform of choice, that would mean a lot to me. Please subscribe to the athletic, the athletic.com slash football show. We have a ton of great stuff every single week. I'm telling you, you'll be happy that you did it. We will be back tomorrow or Tuesday, depending on when you're listening to this with Stephen Holder. Until then, appreciate guys listening. We'll talk to you soon. This was the Athletic Football Show.